Bring It On is a public affairs program exploring the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American communities in South Central Indiana and beyond. Bring It On is a forum for the people, by the people, produced by an independent team of volunteers working at the studios of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana, and financially supported by listeners like you. And good evening. I'm Clarence Boone, and welcome to this edition of Bring It On. We're a multiple award-winning show celebrating over 14 years as Indiana's only weekly community radio show committed to exploring the people, issues, and events impacting African Americans. In today's broadcast, you'll also hear about an opportunity to pursue a voucher for housing assistance program in Monroe County, all in the next hour on Bring It On. But first...
There was a time leading up to the early 20th century when divorce was a taboo topic. And most of us have heard the statistic 50% of all marriages end in divorce. But is that really true? Sure, a lot of people go through a divorce in the United States, but do half of all U.S. marriages end in divorce? The short answer is no. The divorce rate in the U.S. has been declining since 2000. Now roughly 42 to 45% of marriages will end in divorce. Now on the surface, this decline may sound encouraging. However, the main factor that has triggered this, de- this decrease is that marriage rates have declined. Fewer people in the U.S. are getting married opting for cohabitation or remaining single. Another reality is that a recent study by the American Sociological Association found that women initiate two-thirds of all divorces, a staggering 69% to be exact. An even higher rate of 90% of all divorces are initiated by college-educated women. Divorce affects both parties in dramatic ways. During the first six months of separation, women are more prone to symptoms of depression, poor health, loneliness, work inefficiency, insomnia, memory difficulties, and increased substance abuse. Studies show that men feel empty, guilty, anxious, depressed, deep loss, and strong dependency needs of which they were unaware. We've invited Bloomington attorney Michelle Gregory to come on to help guide us through a wide discussion on topics including one, emotional and psychological tolls that divorce has on ex-spouses and children, the financial costs and economic impact that particularly women can expect, how to manage an amicable divorce, custody arrangement, alimony, and property distribution. Of course, there are never any problems with those things. Uh, uh, The benefit of protective orders, what are alimony payments and how are they structured in Indiana? And then finally, what has been your success with remediation sessions? Now, for for nearly 15 years, Michelle Gregory, is a a Bloomington family law attorney, and she's been practicing matrimonial law in Monroe County, Morgan County, Owen County, Greene County, and Lawrence County. And Michelle was awarded a full scholarship from Southern Methodist University. She graduated with a bachelor's degree in business administration in 1997. And now, Attorney Gregory, welcome to Bring It On. Well, thank you, Clarence. I appreciate you letting me come in and speak with you today. And this is a topic that uh, is rarely discussed, unfortunately, unless someone's citing off and parroting off the statistics. And for years, we've always thought that it was 50%, that uh, um, a 50-50 chance of being successful in your marriage. And we do see, and I've, I've sort of, if I think about it, yeah, I've noticed the downward trend of marriages in America, which is sort of staggering in itself, but that's not a remedy for this divorce issue. No. Can you share with us uh, your line of practice, what what your specificity is, and uh, we can com- com- begin our conversation on this on this topic of divorce? Oh, sure. Thank you. Uh, I primarily focus on matrimonial law, as you mentioned, which encompasses divorce, legal separation, paternity, and post-divorce modifications. A lot of people who do get divorced being a dynamic world that we live in now, need to modify whatever their decree currently says to better match the actual situation that they're currently living in with custody, parenting time, child support, things of that nature. And uh, have you seen your clientele range from young adults to people who are middle-aged or even older? Uh, What's your current uh, 
age range that you currently see? I would say for my practice, the average has been somewhere between 25 and 85. Yes, 85. That's a wide swing, 25 <laughs> to 85. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, just when you think grandma and grandpa are going for the long haul, yes. you get a phone call and someone's decided to leave. I think those are probably the ones that are most surprising to me when they come in because I assume that they're there as a support person for someone else. Right. And indeed, they're the ones that have been suffering through a difficult time for many, many years. And uh, the leading causes of divorce, what, what might they be? Well, there's the typical causes that I have seen through my practice are lack of communication, uh, selfishness, uh, disagreements about finances, child raising, parenting, um, where to live, where to live who should work in the marriage. There's a lot of um, miscommunication and a lot of it's all about me. Mm -hmm. People are not willing to compromise real well. And I see that most people have these very limited beliefs that it has to be their way, that somehow whatever it is they believe in is the only way that things can move forward or, or exist in that marriage, and then you're dealing with two completely different people with different lives and background and DNA. They're never going to completely line up identically. So when you're having these constant arguments about, shall we spank our children? Shall we go to church? And which church? Um, finances. Are we going to pay our bills on time? Or are we going to kind of be willy-nilly about it? People get very upset uh, when their partner disagrees with them. And over time, that begins to kind of rub on them mm -hmm. to a point where every little thing that happens in the marriage seems much bigger than probably what it really is to the point that someone finally breaks. And most often it does seem like it is the woman who says, I've had enough, because a lot of times there's some inappropriate behavior going on in the marriage and a lot of times women are the ones that are more inclined to walk away. And one of the remarkable things about divorce in and of itself is that it knows no color boundaries. No. It knows no socioeconomic mm -hmm. boundaries, and it just permeates all over the place. Um, it's interesting. I, I asked what were the causes, and I was expecting you to say infidelity, um, gambling or, or severe substance abuse or beating, domestic violence or manipulation, mind control, all those things. But you went to some basic things that on the surface seem elementary, mm -hmm. but people don't, under, don't, don't exercise listening mm -hmm. properly or, mm -hmm. or having empathy or yes. um, trying not always to be the one to make the decision, but, but yield. Right. Yielding to one another. Exactly. Being a service to each other. Mm -hmm. When it's all about yourself, it's okay to gamble. It's okay to have a secret partner. It's okay to do something that is unacceptable in a marriage because it's about you. And they often justify it by some other reason my partner is not intimate with me enough. My partner works too much. My partner doesn't agree with me and do what I want. And so the frustration that that particular person feels, they're not getting their needs met, whatever they are, each person acts out differently. Sometimes it's shopaholics, gambling, pornography, affairs, uh, or domestic violence. 
I think the root pretty much of all of your causes kind of come right down to the basis of what is the focus of this marriage? Is it on the Lord or is it on me? And whenever you make something about yourself, a lot of other people around you are going to be unhappy. Uh, It's interesting that when individuals get married these days, it's more on the uh, superficial feelings that they have, uh, the attraction that they have for each other. It's so strong. We just can't stay apart. We just have to get married. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I've read that marriage is honorable and all, but if there's special time given to getting to learn an individual, which may necessitate counseling from your place of worship mm-hmm. uh, by a seasoned counselor or mm-hmm. uh, just pausing just to get to really know this person. What do you know about this person? What do you know about, uh, say, their their spending habits? How do they approach saving or, or banking? How do they approach child rearing? Mm-hmm. You know, getting that discussion out of the way on the front end instead of just finding out as you go. Right. Uh, that That's very helpful. And then it used to be a time when our models were our parents and our grandparents. You know, yes. We look to them, uh, and and they'll tell you. When, you. when you really have that frank conversation with them, they'll say, honey, you know, your grandpa and I have been through some things, but mm-hmm. we stayed together. And that's always that vague, fuzzy mm-hmm. explanation. But if you really get them to talk, you'll find out that, yeah, they've been through some things. Of course. More than that, they've gone through some hard financial times, especially if they're old enough to have gone through the Depression or through a time when when jobs were kind of lean in America. Mm -hmm. But uh, a lot of times it's that spontaneous nature. We're in that sort of spontaneous age. And everything's disposable, easily disposed of. Throw it away. It's not quite fitting my idea of what I thought this was going to be, and so I don't want to do it anymore. It's almost like in high school, boyfriend, girlfriend, and something goes wrong. Well, hey, I just say, hey, I'm out of here. But then once you make that vow, and maybe the emphasis on what it means to make a vow, uh, that's missing sometimes. Uh, Weddings I've gone to where the pastor has has stopped to explain what you're about to enter into Mm -hmm. uh, and, and what it means. You know, everybody's so giddy about... Uh, waiting for the um, the reception or waiting for what comes beyond the, the ceremony, that they're not paying attention to what's being expressed in the ceremony. Right. It's about the party and the dress. And I can't tell you how many times women have come into my office and they've said, on my wedding day, I knew I shouldn't do this. But the flowers were already purchased. I already had my dress. My dad was already out all this money. My friends were waiting in the church, and they knew in their gut that they were making a mistake. But they marched down the aisle anyway. And then years later, after spending many years miserable, they come to me and say, I knew I shouldn't have done it. Instead of listening to their gut feeling or the Holy Spirit who was talking within them and just making a decision, I'd rather get rid of this situation and not walk down the aisle because I know it's wrong. They do it anyway. You know, the church is not immune to these trends and and statistics. And uh, really, of all places, say about 25 years ago, you you really thought you'd never see this pattern permeate into the walls of the church. Mm -hmm. But it is. Mm -hmm. And almost equal to that what's going on in, in the nation. And, you know, of all places where you think counseling would take place or um, 
pastoral counseling or if there's a lay member counseling going on prior to, then you don't get into these moments where on the day of, just because we've expended all these resources, we're going to march ahead. Or you, you hear the rationale that my love will make them Mm. better yes love uh, conquers all love conquers all <laughs> covers a multitude of faults yes. and you know it's and then we twist some things for our own benefit quote unquote mm. but if we just take the time and then try to divorce ourselves from our heated passions mm-hmm. uh, we might see clear i think the marriage age should be more like 35, 35. instead of <laughs> 18 <laughs> and then you hear stories of um People who who married in high school and are still mm-hmm. together, mm-hmm. Uh, and I and I know it personally in my life, uh, my mother and father in law, they they got married in high school, and their 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 marriage is rock solid. Um, That's different times. That was different, yeah. That was yeah. really different times because things like pornography on the internet right, right. and telephones and um, in your pocket. Um, I just had a discussion recently with some people in the dating scene. They're divorced. They're back out there. And how surprised they are, how easily people send inappropriate pictures to them that they've never met. It's just too easy, I think, for people to get involved in things and see things and be a part of something that makes their mind start questioning the relationship they're in and their commitment and those mm-hmm. vows, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one other area that, um, and there are many areas, but one that kind of comes to mind now is when children are involved, mm. um, when someone is interested in marrying someone and either person could have a child in their life or, or a, a young adult in their life, the blending of, mm. of two individuals with family. Uh, how difficult can that make a marriage? From what I've seen, it's extremely difficult in most cases. In fact, I, I find it to be kind of rare when it just seamlessly blends together. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have come to me that I've divorced, ran into them later, who have remarried, and said, if I had known how blending families, how difficult it was, if I'd known before, I would have never done it. And I think, I don't know about your statistics that you have, but it used to be that first marriages, about 50% ended in divorce. But second marriages, is it was up around 70-something. And right. third marriages was in the ni- 80s and 90s and so on. So the older you're getting and the more you're set in your choices and your belief system and your children and your finances, the more difficult it is for that marriage to last because it's, well, I'm an adult now. This is my life. I This is who I am with this belief that still everything has to be their way and they know better because they're adults and it's their property, it's their children, and there is no true blending in a lot of cases. So when when young adults are growing up in a home where they're seeing the disintegration of a union, Hmm. take place before them. They go through all stages of grief, oh, definitely. similar to their mother and father, and such thoughts as, well, maybe it's my fault. Yes. Maybe uh, if if I didn't place my needs on, on my parents, or maybe if I acted better at home, or if I kept my room cleaner, or if, if whatever multitude of problems, but children internalize that, mm-hmm. and you know, children are resilient, yes. But. They're resilient, but I don't think from the studies that I've read, they're nearly as resilient as some of the 
uh, opinions that I've that I've ex- read or experienced over the years. Um, this idea that they're kind of elastic and they'll just snap back, it's not really what I've witnessed. Most people that I've spoken to, and in, even in my own personal life, children have a really difficult time with divorce. That is their line of security. That is their safety net. Knowing that they're going to come home every night with two people, two adults who love them unconditionally and their world is great, suddenly crashes down and falls apart. And most times kids are now dealing with their own feelings of fault and what did I do, as you mentioned, but they're also having to struggle through, now I have two houses, I live in a, out of a suitcase um, at mommy's house with one set of rules and one type of food and one type of standard of living. And I'm at dad's house with another set of rules and another standard of living. And it's like there are two people having to become this split personality almost. When I'm over here, I have to behave and live this way. And then I just have to drop that, jump the car with the other parent, and take on this whole other persona to please this parent and to fit in. It's it's a lot worse, I think, personally, than people really realize. And if either parent has now introduced another partner mm. into the equation, yes, uh, there's this process of not only trying to please both of your biological parents, but then now this third party that you maybe don't know as well or mm. getting to know, mm-hmm. and you have to please them and... They have a whole set of values. And then now how do they compare to, say, your mother's Mm -hmm. set of values or your father's set of values? And then, unfortunately, you have dealt with splitting couples that Mm -hmm. pit one child against another spouse. And and that whole uh, dynamic uh, further further damages a child's uh, psyche. I think it does for the rest of their lives. And now, now... some people have thrived out of coming out of those relationships. They're now grown and married, and they fight fiercely to keep their those marriages intact because they have rem- um, memories of how it was growing up. But nevertheless, uh, there's something to be said about that. Now, mm-hmm. say when you're dating and you perceive that uh, someone has a child that is kind of really trying to get to know you and get to understand you, that's a further reason to pause until everybody's on board with going to that next level. Well, I always recommend when my clients are going through divorce to wait. Wait a significant amount of time before they even get involved in a relationship themselves. When you come out of a divorce, there is so much sudden change in your life. You, you, you're kind of in a, a spin. And to suddenly just jump into another relationship, some people do that as a safety net, but you've never really had an opportunity to go through that full griefing process, figure out who you are, improve who you are, what was your part in that, and how can I be a better person for the next relationship? And they just jump into it, and they'll introduce their children very quickly, and the children ha- are, are not recovered at all from the other situation, from the divorce and the change. It's too soon most of the time. Well, we're going to put a pin in this conversation, and we're going to hear another song as we sort of uh, uh, reset things on this end, and we'll be right back on the other side of this song. Still waters run deep, waters won't keep. 
occasionally try my hand relationally Obsessive with the outside appearance of what I saw facially What I had to have, have just didn't add up Amount to too much from what was revealed Seeing past they looks and such The baggage pile up, reveal it, shine through Feathers rile up, emotions red like an engine engine Then they drive up, soon she jet I shoot for the exit myself A quick outro at a loss for words Like when it's outro Be my soulmate, must up change for the toll gate The life I was chasing wasn't real I used to roll fake with the sound take The right thing, I always did last And like an outbreak, everything caught up with me too fast That can't stop me, come out Pure as gold to do our fold Dismiss the ladder, then I embrace the promise told I receive it, and with Christ like faith I believe it, predestined, manifested I water the seed invested How do I begin dealing with the past guilty of sin? Though I know I'm not enslaved by his power. Deep inside my soul is free, but my mind reflects time and time again. Frustration got me burning from degrees of separation. Cause my deeds put a distance in between a close relation with my children. In physical sense, contact is limited to often as possible visits and phone conversations. Face the fact I know I'm only part of half of the blame. But in full, I feel the same man at present. It's not the same as when I was there to give them names and my presence. Was felt to say they claimed that I was dead. So often I feel the sadness of the outcome of the madness with me and mama. Now we all face the drama through faith and God for healing. Yes, this price I must pay. Not a day that goes by I don't envision your faces. Please forgive me. Making sure my thing is right What?
just joined us we're having a conversation this evening with michelle gregory a bloomington family law attorney who's been practicing matrimonial law in monroe county morgan county owen county green county and lawrence county michelle was awarded a full scholarship from southern methodist university she graduated with a bachelor degree in business administration in 1997 and uh, we were in just enveloped in this conversation on those things those triggers that sort of lead to divorce uh, we had a caller that called in and had a question. Uh, the impact of grandparents uh, on divorce. And if if I can broaden that question, uh, how can grandparents unwittingly contribute to a divorce or perhaps um, provide that much-needed anchor for a struggling marriage? Well, grandparents, obviously, if they also have a strong positive marriage and understanding of commitment, then they can obviously be very important influence on the entire family, children as well. And if they're highly involved in their grandchildren's lives and spend a lot of time with them, some of their positive thinking and good quality um, relationship habits are going to be noticed by the child And, you know, can sometimes help smooth out some of the mistakes the parents have been making. But that's only, of course, if they're allowed to spend quality time with them. Now, what about uh, the grandparent that wants to sort of jump in and direct and dictate? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I wouldn't take that from him or I always was suspicious of her. Oh, uh, goodness. uh, You know, well. She can't cook like me. <laughs> well, there, some parents do share their their ideas and opinion uh, a little more than others uh, when they probably shouldn't. Um, constructive ha- criticism and help is always good. And, you know, when you have a marriage, you are the marriage. You are the institution. You're cleaving together, and you have to decide who and what you let into your marriage, obviously. And... Anything that's going to try to tear your marriage down, regardless if it's family, friends, or you know the outside world, then you need to set some boundaries. And I usually tell my clients that whosoever parent it is that's making inappropriate comments or causing problems during the pot, it's their responsibility to step in and say, Mom, Dad, um, please don't do that. It's not appropriate. And of course, and if they 
do it anyway, especially with your children, and you're not there to correct the situation, you might have to limit parenting, um, excuse me, grandparenting time. You know, if, if that is expressed as, say, simply as you expressed it, mm-hmm. it usually is just a one-time conversation that's needed. If you're dealing with rational people, yes, right. but you're not always <laughs> dealing with rational people. Yeah. Uh, especially when it comes to such issues as, uh, say, maybe discipline in the home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you were brought up a certain way and you wish to then incorporate that form of discipline or uh, maybe another way. And mm-hmm. sometimes couples can clash over that or, um, say, gifts from grandparents mm-hmm. uh, or just enabling children's behavior. They know they can go to grandma or grandpa get get the support uh, that they need. Well, part of that is the beauty of being the grandparent yeah. is being able to spoil <laughs> them a little bit. <laughs> uh, there are other factors that can creep in, as you mentioned. One is, is of course, pornography, which really not too many people are talking about, but in this society where we're being bombarded so much with imagery. Mm. And uh, it's just a click away. Um, And it's unfortunate because not only are parents being affected, but, of course, children are, too, at an alarming rate. But there is something um, combined with pornography. There's also the other other area of of other addictions, be it uh, maybe something as unfortunate as prescription addiction. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and that seems to be uh, the big problem that we're experiencing in our country, opioid addictions. Yes coupled with mental illness and how all this may impact a marriage, thus disintegrating, thus in, um, uh, perhaps uh, magnifying the selfish behavior mm-hmm. that can destroy a marriage. What, what has been your experience with those type of factors that can influence a marriage? Well, in the, you know, over my practice over the last almost 16 years, what I have seen is I would estimate about 80% of the divorces that I was involved in, there was some sort of addiction or mental health. Uh, The addiction usually is some sort of masking self-treatment for some underlying mental health situation that has gone untreated or it's so severe that they're masking and just trying to keep themselves going from day to day, but not realizing how detrimental it is on their family. Mm-hmm. It's amazing, too, in our society how we've sort of termed um, some of the uh, divorce processes, processes such as uh, no-fault divorce, mm. um, amicable divorces. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I would think that divorce literally is the ripping or tearing apart of two entwined individuals, two spiritually entwined individuals Yes, at that level. Now, yes. I'm, not, I'm not talking natural, physical, but there's something that goes on mm-hmm. deep that just tears an individual apart, and there's that mending that you hope takes place, and there's that healing that you hope takes place, proper he- healing, mm-hmm. proper mending, and not that other spouse going to something that is going to soothe the pain or replace an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, and in your work, have you ever had to deal with just some of those deep-seated issues surrounding divorce? Oh, absolutely. Um, a lot of time, those deep-seated issues are the reason for the divorce, and they don't end when the judge signs the decree. In fact, in a lot of cases, that's where it takes off and the fear sets in with the parents. Now my child is going over there on the weekends 
with this person who's on drugs or always drinking uh, or is viewing pornography, and I'm not there to shelter them or protect them in any way. So their anxiety levels and their fears just shoot through the roof. And those children, over time, figure out what's going on. And then mm-hmm. their anxiety, right? you know. You mentioned that you do a lot of work with revisiting decrees mm-hmm. to get them adjusted. Yes. Based on uh, new new factual information that's been introduced to the picture. Mm-hmm. And that, unfortunately, may be one of the things you've had to deal with. Well, it's sometimes it's a combination of things, but it's, you know, this is Bloomington, and it's a very transit kind of town. So a lot of times people are moving, relocating, changing jobs. So you're just looking at changing of parenting time or child support based on some, you know, minor things that are going on, just need some adjustments. And those usually go pretty amicably. A lot of times you can get those settled out of court. But when you're involved um, in cases where the addiction and the pornography has gotten way out of hand, then it's a much more difficult modification process and often winds up in lengthy litigation, um, very high attorney fees, extremely stressful, a lot of fear and anxiety related to it because of the fear of unknown what's going to happen to you or your children as a result of trying to step in and protect yourself or your children from this person who has mental health problems. And a lot of mental health people with mental health problems sometimes don't act very well whenever you come up against them in an adversarial way, like in a modification or divorce, and they start lashing out and acting irrationally. And it can get quite dangerous even sometimes. I think if you turn to some of the uh, um, television um, channels, uh, Mm. not Hallmark especially, but the other ones uh, (laughs) where – that whole plot just plays out in front of you mm-hmm. as far as the, the angry, vengeful sp- ex-spouse yes. that goes into the, the picture. And they do exist. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they do. They do. Um, we've talked about emotional and psychological tolls that divorce can have on, on either spouse and children. Now the financial cost and economic impact that particularly women can expect. If, mm. if you're a woman trying to um, break away or dissolve a union, what kind of economic impact are you facing? Well, still here in the United States, we still see that the female, the wife, is usually the one who experiences the drastic change of standard of living. They're also the one who usually does not have the better job. I am seeing some an upturn on that where more and more women are professionals and they're making more money than their spouses. But it's still common that the wife is the one that's been staying home. She has foregone education or work history and has either very little or no income at all. And trying to get out of a marriage under those circumstances, no matter if it's um, divorcing someone who's reasonable and has an income, good income, or divorcing someone who's very unreasonable and abusive and controlling, it's going to be difficult. One's just going to be slightly easier than the other. But you're looking at, you know, leaving your home probably, maybe even giving up the vehicle you're used to because you can't afford the payments, Uh, not being able to afford the mortgage, so moving into some apartment or into a neighborhood that's not nearly as safe or pleasant as the one you'd been in before. And it impacts the children. Suddenly they've gone from having nice things to barely being able to afford 
food because they have no work history. In those cases, sometimes you can get some um, spousal maintenance or some things like that to help out. And I believe that Indiana is sort of, we used the phrase earlier, no fault, a mm-hmm. no fault state. What is, what is that? That means anyone can get a divorce by simply requesting it. Uh, in the past, 100 years, maybe not even that long ago, you had to prove certain things, that there was a fraud, an element of fraud, um, infidelity, something, and that might have been the only two. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. It's been so long ago. But in order to f- even file a petition, you had to have standing, and the standing had to be something pretty serious, like they said they were fertile or willing to have children, and they lied about it. So there's an element of fraud there. They, they didn't tell me they were convicted felons. Now there's a number of things we cannot do because of this history. That's an element of fraud. Um, but now it doesn't really matter. You can have any reason. I don't like how they do the dishes. Mm-hmm. I don't like, you know, that they don't wear what I want them to wear. It doesn't really matter. There's no fault. And you don't have to specify any grounds. And the court doesn't have to find any other than you want a divorce, therefore, I'm going to divorce you as long as certain uh, steps are taken to the legal process. Um, and and here's a sort of oxymoron phrase, amicable divorce. Mm. Uh, and I just personally think <laughs> there really is no divorce that is amicable uh, or painless. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, in your role, you seek to manage mm-hmm. those type of situations so that it is at, at the very most amicable, people are respectful one toward another as they dissolve a union. And yes. um, and then there's such things as custody or custody or custody arrangements. Mm-hmm. Get stuck there, alimony and property distribution. Yes. That's a wonderful mm. afternoon's worth of work. <laughs> um, and and then too, there's um, uh, separation. What's the value of separation in this whole thing? Divorce is the finality, but what role can separation serve? Well, there's two types of separation. Um, there's either doing it legally through either filing a petition for divorce or a petition for legal separation. Or there's just sometimes people will just upon themselves, one will move out and say, let's take a break. Let's figure this out. What are we going to do? In most cases, that usually eventually ends in a divorce within a few months or a year. Um, That adds some complexity sometimes to figuring out what is marital property and how certain things should be divided because over the course of a year, people start purchasing things and moving assets around. So sometimes, you know, that that adds a certain element of complexity. If you file for a divorce, you automatically are basically legally separated for all purposes, even if you're living in the same household. That's the cutoff day of the marital estate. And you can ask for a legal separation, which is a temporary legal separation through the courts that lasts up to 12 months. And at the end of 12 months, if you haven't asked to roll it over into a divorce, then it goes away as if it never occurred and the marriage is still intact. And I wanted to touch on this issue of uh, the protective order. I mean, Mm. this is when things have really gone south, as they say, and um, someone needs to be protected. Yes, often it's the female and the children, but not always. I've had to file some for the male partner who's also, uh, we're seeing more uh, um, more and more of women attacking their spouses out of anger, fear, 
you know, jealousy, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's rare that a lot of men come forward to even share that. It's getting more common than it more used common. to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when, when we talk about protective orders, can that also extend to the financial accounts? Well, you can ask for an order of protection of the marital assets. Okay. If you suspect that the other person will hide or encumber, destroy or gift away any of the marital assets before you get into court, you can ask the judge for an order to protect them without even having to have a hearing. The judge has the authority to go ahead and sign that. But you have to give reasonable causes. I believe this is necessary because this is happening. We have a couple minutes uh, left in in this this conversation, uh, and we have not even really delved into a lot of the other topics, but one in particular, uh, the financial cost of, say, getting a divorce, uh, legal fees, mm, mm-hmm. and and weighing that and considering that, not that that should be. If you're in, in, in harm's way, then no, you don't weigh that out. You get out of harm's way. But, but yes. then just looking at the cost involved, can you talk about that? Well, it's always wise to prepare, to think it through, um, have enough money set aside that you're going to have to protect yourself, check into legal fees, doesn't hurt if you're thinking about divorce to get a consult six months or a year in advance, mm-hmm. not so that you can have any means or of hiding assets, but just what is it I'm going to go through and what am I going to need? So that's really wise. And I always tell people it's always best to find out what your legal rights are up front and then make your plan on how to move forward. Right. But having a nest egg is vital if you can. And like you said, if it's a violent situation, you just get out. It'll work itself out eventually. There's going to be some rough times. But divorce is not cheap. The more you get along, the more agreeable, the more compromising. If you're willing to go to mediation, um, if you're willing to give up documentation that proves what the assets are, then it's going to go smoother and you're going to have less attorney fees and and it's going to be more pleasant. Mm -hmm. And the mediation, of course, is... um sort of a last-ditch effort to reconcile, to work out those areas, the, the rough edges? To, or, well, or, what am I missing there? There's three ways that you can get divorced or your legal separation, and that's you either negotiate with your partner and the two of you come up with an agreement and you draft it up and you sign it. And that can be with attorneys or between the two of them. I've actually seen people do it on notebook paper. Uh, It's not the wisest way to do it, of course, but I've seen it. And then there's uh, mediation. We have a third-party mediator who facilitates the negotiation process to help people come to a better agreement, hopefully that there's more trying to get some compromising, finding resolutions to problems instead of creating problems. So the focus is on how are we going to solve these issues. And then the last resort is always going to court for the judge because when the judge makes a decision, you're done. Yeah, when that gavel hits, <laughs> yeah, it's all over. Um, well, on that note, and we'd love to have you back to talk about this a little bit further, but we want to just thank Michelle Gregory, Bloomington Family Law Attorney, for joining us this evening to discuss a wide array of issues pertaining to divorce. And for more information, you can reach her at 812 339 
312-332-3600. Is there another number to add to that or just No, that, that was fine. You'll get me with that number. 812-339-3600. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. And we'll be right back after this final song. Chapter I set free at last 
This is Bringing On, the People's Forum for Black Culture in South Central Indiana and beyond. Are you a tweeter? You're invited to follow the WFHB News Twitter account. This is a great way to get breaking news and updates on what's going on behind the scenes and on the air with WFHB News. Go to Twitter.com and search for WFHB News, or you can always visit WFHB's news website at WFHB.org news. Bring It On is Indiana's only public affairs program dedicated to the African-American community here on WFHB 91.3 FM and live on the web at WFHB.org. As mentioned at the top of the hour, I want to share some information about a a tremendous opportunity uh, to uh, seek out uh, affordable housing. And I'm referring to the Housing Choice Voucher Program. And the wait list is opening soon. As you know, this program commonly referred to as Section 8. Uh, Applications will be available electronically via the online application portal. And the online pre-application and additional information is located at www.bhaindiana.net forward slash application hyphen portal. And I'll repeat that again after I'm through describing this. Uh, the application open period is t- starts tomorrow, June 4th, at noon. Tomorrow, June 4th, at noon. And uh, notice will be given five days prior to closing uh, this portal at bhaindiana.net. Now, you can go online only, and that is how you apply. Uh, again, www.bhaindiana.net. Click on the blue Apply Now button and under Need Housing Assistance or Access Directly at www.bhaindiana.net forward slash application hyphen portal. I'm I'm repeating this this website for a variety of reasons. Now for details, you can email dharmon, H-A-R-M-O-N, at B-H, I'm sorry, B-L-H-A dot net or call 812 339-3491. Again, that number is 812-339-3491. Now, the Housing Choice Voucher Program provides housing assistance in the form of a rental subsidy payment to private landlords on the behalf of low-income individuals, families, seniors, and persons with disabilities for housing units they have chosen in the private rental market. Program eligibility is based on household size and income, and the income limits for the program will, will be explained on that on-site uh, portal. Again, www.bhaindiana.net forward slash application hyphen portal. And with that, uh, we just want to thank again Michelle Gregory, Bloomington Family Law Attorney, for joining us this evening to discuss a wide array of issues pertaining to divorce. For more information, you can reach out to her at 812-339-3600. Again, 812-339-3600. Our show's producer is yours truly, Clarence Boone, with help from WFHB's News Department Director, Wes Martin. Tonight's board engineer was Chantal LaFontaine. Our original theme music was created by Jamil FM, with additional tracks performed by the following. Beyonce with Irreplaceable from the B-Day album. Out of Eden, It Takes Love from the Goatee Gospel 2K album, and Demita Hatton, No Turning Back.
from the self-titled album. For WFHB, I'm Clarence Boone. Tune in next Monday, June 10th at 6 p.m. for another exciting edition of Bring It On right here on your community radio station, WFHB. All right. Very cool. Let's do this every Monday. You've been listening to Bring It On, a volunteer-powered production of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana. Bring It On is your forum for open dialogue on the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American community in South Central Indiana and beyond. Send your comments, suggestions, and story ideas directly to the Bring It On staff. The email address is bringit at wfhb.org. That's bringit at wfhb.org.